White Cloud feed to the right, back in front, White Cloud scores! White Cloud bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle, went to the outside right for Stone. Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud. The righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael, nine seconds through the left circle. Number nine closing in. He scores! It's an overtime winner. Jack Eichel, 2 to 1 Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Well, the Knights up against the Arizona Coyotes at T-Mobile Arena tonight. The Fortress will be rocking second last game before the holidays. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace here in Section 104. I want to tell you that Zach Dean is taking part in the World Junior Hockey Championship, uh, made Team Canada, and has scored a goal in an exhibition game tonight against Slovakia. So that is great news on the VGK uh, system. Uh, a bit of positiveness, some mm-hmm. some good vibes going into tonight. Um, is now the time that I tell you why Vegas is going to win this game? I wouldn't, but All go right, for let's, it. All uh, right, let's get right to it. I'm glad that you suggested that I yep. go down this path. Didn't, uh, didn't suggest me, it at all. Let me tell you, the, the Vegas Golden Knights have won You're on eight your own here. games in a row. Eight games in a row at home. Against the Arizona Coyotes, Rita, you hearing all this? That is a run, Rita, and everybody else that's uh, rolling their eyes, saying the possibility of ever jinxing this team. Don't buy into it. Eight in a row at home for the Vegas Golden Knights up against the uh, Arizona Coyotes in this uh, ring. And Bruce Cassidy has won. It gets, it gets doubling down here. Yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> I, I, I got the got the stats, and I don't know how to use them. Darren's um, the guy Bruce who Cassidy. just split his tens at, at the blackjack table. Stop <laughs> and then double down. Coach's highest winning percentage against any opponent all time. Mm-hmm. That's the title of this stat. Okay. First is Tom Johnson against the Philadelphia Flyers, fifteen zero and one. Number two at a nice tidy nine fifty eight points percentage is Bruce Cassidy. All time against the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Second best winning percentage by a coach against an individual opponent belongs to Bruce Cassidy, now coaching a team that has won eight in a row at home against the Arizona Coyotes. Drop If I had a mic, I'd drop it, but it's attached to my earphones, and that wouldn't go over very well because I wouldn't be able to hear you. And so I would do that. I'd drop the mic. It's, it's done. Book it, Dano. Okay. All right. You, you you seem to be buying into this jinx thing. No, I'm not I buying into the I'm jinx thing. About. I just think it's fun when you say things that should, in turn, be very positive, but should end be up being positive. quite negative. Hmm. We will see. And in I get the four hours after the show. Yeah, well, I'm not taking a. <laughs> of course, you're not. No. Oh. If it, if it doesn't go my way. I won't even turn on the radio on the way home. I'll be so upset because this should be, Mm -hmm. this should be. I told you the other night, Mm -hmm. the possibility existed that Buffalo could score. Yeah. Now, it actually didn't turn out that way, but they're they're a much more um, uh, broad-viewed team in the sense of They've got different ways that they can they can play. They got a goaltending performance and they could score. So uh, there you go. One way or the other, ended up being the goaltender. Uh, but they got a couple of goals from their their top line. Tonight is a one dimensional opponent. 
they got to work hard, and they got to win a low-scoring game because mm-hmm. I don't think Vegas is going to give up a ton. Even if they have an off night, they're not going to give up a ton. They're gonna, not going to get outplayed by Arizona. So this should be one of those games that you say it's it's good. It's timed. It's ready to go. Yeah, I agree with you. I think for the Golden Knights, it's, it's going to come down to a couple of different things. Number one, buying in as much as possible, as best you can, to the game plan. And that is not forcing things that aren't there. It's simply trusting in your ability to defend against a team that's not going to light it up offensively anyway. And then being patient, taking care of business in your own end, and executing. To me, those are the things. Like, the, the Golden Knights didn't didn't win against the Buffalo Sabres because they just were unable to execute on all of the chances that they had over the course of that game. Yeah, the 6x4 the didn't suck the puck in like a tractor beam on the old Death Star. Like, William Carlson, when's he going to miss that again? Hopefully Never. not again. Never. Yeah. There's, a, there's the points of emphasis tonight. Focus. Be dialed in from the start to the finish. Mm-hmm. You can't afford a shift off at this point. So a full Th- 60? Th- things aren't going as mm-hmm. much as you can put together a full yeah, 60. I agree. I, 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 agree. I honestly think uh, the full 60 is impossible. <laughs> it is. Like, yeah. the, the, the odd time you're going to have a bad matchup. The closest thing was that game against Anaheim, which was uh, so one-sided. It was ridiculous. The most dominant performance, control performance I've ever witnessed uh, was that game earlier this year against the Anaheim Ducks. But focus of all three lines. Make sure that you are making plays that put yourself in the best possible situation to be successful. If it's not there to make an offensive play, put the puck in a safe spot. They did a lot of that the other night. The power play has been going. Even the other night, while it didn't score, was dominant Mm -hmm. in its pressure and its control. And they had a lot of zone time. Uh, We'll get to Bruce Cassidy in just a little bit uh, talking about the power play. But uh, they were were almost flawless from picking up the puck in their own zone and getting down the ice and entries and and controlling the puck as as I've seen all year. Mm -hmm. That was great. And the the last one that will kind of go by the wayside uh, or, or unmentioned is you can do all of that other stuff. But if your goalie doesn't have a great night, mm-hmm. like none of it matters. And I'll I'll come on here and I'll say, hey, they did a lot of things great outside of that. Mm-hmm. But tonight isn't one of those ones where you can afford it. With just with the vibe to, to, to get back to the good feelings around here. This place was jumping the other night of the first period. Yeah. It was awesome. I loved the, the the feeling inside the rink. Get going with that tonight. And then have your goaltender back you up on that the entire game. And he has done an amazing job of that this year Mm -hmm. in being able to either buy you some time or not allow the other team to get into it, uh, get back into it. The goaltender tonight, if everybody does everything right and it doesn't come up big, then it's all for naught. Mm Mm-hmm. how much is that a benefit then to have Logan Thompson in net? Because if if there's one guy I think that you're you're going to want in that position with something to prove and, and some reason to go out and, and answer a question, say about where his game is at right now, 
Like we've seen the best Logan Thompson when he's trying to prove people wrong. Yeah, I, I think it's either or. I, yeah. Aiden Hill yeah, has an opportunity right now to wrestle playing time away from Logan Thompson. Sure. So that is a massive carrot if you wanted to put him in. Uh, Logan Thompson on the battling side of it, uh, he does really well. Uh, last year when the chips were down and the whole world was tilted against the Vegas School of the Knights, he came up large. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he has an extra gear to his game, to his uh, approach, his psyche uh, in athletics when the world or the sport is counting him out. Right. And that's happened in junior. That happened uh, when he turned professional. And uh, and uh, that's happened and now in, in the Vegas Golden Knights in the National Hockey League. We haven't seen – he hasn't been in this position since the first 15 games of the year, right? right. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. He, he earned the praise and he earned the confidence. And, and, and he played himself into a Calder Trophy conversation. He's there now. But now there's expectations to go along with that. He's not he's not battling uphill. He's ahead of the game and has to come up with the saves to keep everybody in the game. And uh, that that was a bit of a wonky stage. Psychologically, if he whatever he has to do to get himself ready, mm-hmm. if he wants to put himself in a position as oh they're they're not expecting much tonight. Uh, I've lost my last uh, three at uh, T-Mobile Arena. This isn't this isn't good. Uh, they're they're counting me out. If that's the way he wants to phrase it, fine, fine. If that if that's where he's at his best, find a way and use it. Go for it. Yeah, I think for for me when it comes into this game with with Logan Thompson, I I, I do think it's going to be a situation where you have a player that finds another gear when there's something to prove. And I think that there's something to prove for Logan Thompson tonight. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he has to get uh, back to where his game was and make him an automatic that he starts two out of every three that, yeah. that we saw earlier. Uh, trying to uh, get it all back in one shift. That was a question that was asked of Bruce Cassidy this morning uh, after Vegas has allowed uh, consecutive goals or goals in a quick succession uh, the last few games. Well, it's both to me. It's it's you know if you win the, if you win the next shift after you, they score, then to me that that's the first step in getting back to your game. You've and by winning your shift, it's a maybe that starts with a center ice face off. Just you win that and you get it behind their D, and now you start your four check game. So you're not right back in your own end. Gives your goalie a chance to get a breather, maybe your 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 D to reset a little bit. Um, so now all of a sudden, you know you're you're pushing in the other end, whether you create anything or not. You've just sort of. You know, they're, they're not allowed to build momentum. And then the next line that comes over the boards, hopefully it's the same thing. And when it happens in the second period, that's an even bigger difference because that's been the, the, the period, right? The second period, if, whether they score or not, if you're on the wrong side of puck possession, you're always changing and heading back into your own end because of the long change. So you see second period swings throughout the league. If you can get on top of that momentum, then you're playing a, th- we call it a three-quarter ice game, right? They're, they're chipping it out with, or icing it. If it doesn't get iced, it's, you're regrouping at your own blue line, you're right back to the red and in, and they're changing, and they're recovering back into their own end. So that, that's where the second period swings start. And we've got to be on the right side of them a little more often, and we haven't. It's, it's that simple for whatever reason, whether we allow a goal, we take too many penalties, we don't manage the puck, we're on the wrong side of those line changes. Now you're chasing it. So. You'll see it more, much more in the second period, and that's been where it's been real noticeable for us. 
Feel good about your game in the opening period, which they did against Buffalo. Didn't score, and uh, that uh, leaves you wanting a little bit. But they did uh, put themselves in a good position the other night. Then come out in that second period, and uh, the, the long change, it's a topic in, in every building with every team, Yeah, quite quite honestly. This is not new or unique uh, to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, a lot of teams have trouble during the second period uh, because uh, of, of that situation. It's, it's a more competitive period. It, it is, and I didn't dislike a lot of the Golden Knights' second period on Monday against Buffalo. I, of course, I don't like the mistakes that end up in the back of your net, but it wasn't like the Golden Knights were in a position where they were defending every single shift of the second period. They had momentum swings in their favor in the second. They had opportunities to put the puck in the back of the net. Plenty of chances in that second period. So uh, I, I'm looking for more of the same again tonight from, from Vegas just without those mistakes. You can make sure that the second period is a better position if you have the urgency at home to start with tonight. Well, that's urgency, right? So we need a little more urgency at home from right from the puck drop. I think any team would tell you that that's how they want to start. So that's not a new message. I think we got it a lot earlier in the year, less so um, recently. So that that's a bit of it. And I hope they just recognize it themselves. They you know, we haven't won in this building in a long time. So how do you fix that? We'll come out with more urgency, put teams on their heels. And at the end of the day, someone's going to score first. But that shouldn't change the way you, you approach your next shift, right? So we'd, we'd like it to be us, and then we keep pushing. If it's them, then just play through it and keep going. There's Bruce Cassidy this morning at his media availability following an optional morning skate at City National Arena. They put in a lot of the heavy work yesterday, and uh, today it was just up to you. If you, you like going out there and going for a twirl, go ahead and do so. Uh, Logan Thompson took the option today, and that tells me that he's going tonight. Uh, there was no official statement uh, on the uh, starting goaltender. Uh, we saw Aiden Hill uh, taking some uh, some pucks and working with uh, head coach or the uh, goalie coach uh, Sean Burke uh, on the ice this morning. And then probably about uh, ten players uh, took the option. Uh, a lot of the big names uh, took took this one off. Uh, as as far as the top line, mm-hmm. Michael Mario is going to get a look there tonight. Sure, and he's going to join. Chandler Stevenson in the middle and Mark Stone on the other side. Uh, Stevenson's going to play his off wing. I, I sh- keep mentioning that because it's the same situation that Kessel was in uh, the other night. And the expectations that he was immediately going to gel with those two, uh, for me, were, were muted a little bit because he was playing on the left side. And I haven't had a chance to talk to Phil about this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much he's played the left side over the course of his career. He's one of the great right wingers in hockey. Sure. So uh, that uh, that was unusual. So that part of it was was always going to be a little bit of wait and see, and and how does this uh, actually uh, come together? Now his ice time was was curled back because uh, of some of the uh, miscues with the puck and defending with the puck. It, yeah. uh, it had less to do with with not meshing uh, on the goal scoring side of things. But Michael Amadio gets that start tonight he's a guy that is looking at this as a big big opportunity yeah like he's gone from a third line that's been a revolving door of of players to being up there with chandler stevenson and mark stone yeah make it happen get it done here's bruce cassidy on the promotion of michael amadio you know he made a some good plays the other night um 
So obviously his hockey IQ should mesh well with them. He's got good hands. Just his pace, he'll have to be able to keep up with Stevie. Obviously, that'll be a, a challenge. And then when you're moved up in the lineup, I suspect you'll see their top, you know, one of their two top pairs. Whereas in the past, maybe you're playing against different pairs or a different um, checking line, so to speak. So, uh, you know, that's always the challenge when players move up from a lower line. Uh, it's not so much they, they don't mix or can't. It's just they're playing against better competition, typically. So that, that's always the first challenge. And then second one is not deferring constantly to the, when you move up, it's playing your own game. If you feel that there's an opportunity to make a move or shoot, you've got to stick with what you, know, you think is the right play as opposed to always trying to force feed a, a puck maybe into the, your line mates because you know, they always want it, right, when, they're, when you're in the top guys. So there's a little bit of that goes on, how you manage your game still play within yourself, but compliment those guys. The, the deferring part of it, mm-hmm. that, that's a real thing. Now, yeah. with, with Stevenson and Stone, I don't think as much. Uh, they're, they're pretty even-keel guys, and uh, I, I just don't see that on, on that side. Now, I've watched players in the past who have somebody new join their line, and they expect to get every puck every time that person gets it, <laughs> and it better be quick, and it better be on the tape, yeah. and it better be in a spot where they can put home the puck. Yeah. Like, and, and if you don't do it, you're going to hear about it on the ice, going to the bench, on the bench, and then going, going back out. Going back the out. Yep. They're going to be in the area. So the deferring part, I think, is is sometimes on the players who you're playing with. They they can uh, contribute to it. That, that That's not the case here. Uh, I, I more worry about uh, that situation with Amadio trying to fit in trying to make sure that line goes and if stone and stevenson are producing and scoring that means he's doing a good job mm-hmm. well that line can still produce and score with amadio producing and scoring as with stone and stevenson so i i hope that he he gets uh that message that uh, obviously bruce cassidy has has fueled to him but the idea that he's and the coaches have talked to him about that he's got better and better and better and better the last six games mm-hmm. I think is is a real confidence booster, which this is a bit of a cherry on top of that. Like you earn this, Michael, you go do this. Yeah, I think there's there's something to be said for giving somebody an opportunity when they are moving in the right direction individually with their game. And and I I think when I look at Michael Amadio, I, there's more skill there than I think a lot of people give him credit. And we we saw that firsthand last year when he got to play with better players up the lineup. He put in 11 goals. Like that's you're you're looking for something to kind of solidify your your top six right now. You know the misfits are going, and it's only a matter of time before the pucks start going in for say a William Carlson, right? But you you still want to have more more of a consistent threat from all three guys alongside Stevenson and Stone, especially in the absence of Jack Eichel. Uh, Mario's a guy that's bounced around a little bit. He's a National Hockey League player, mm-hmm. but where's where's he going to play? Where where's he going to find his his uh, long term presence in yeah. the National Hockey League? He's mm-hmm. a waiver pickup uh, by the Vegas Golden Knights from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, he's a player that has uh, played over the course of his time in L.A., where he was uh, entered the league, uh, Ottawa, uh, Toronto, and and the Vegas Golden Knights, and those were quick stops. Ottawa and Toronto. Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is a good chance for him. Now, last year he, he put in those eleven goals. 
That was good. But that, that was a lineup that was in chaos. Sure. And some nights he was playing up, some nights he was, he was playing down. But uh, uh, he, got, he got opportunities last year that wouldn't normally have been presented to him. Sure. He took advantage of those. Right. He was great. Now you're in a more traditional lineup this time around, up until the last three weeks when the injury started to occur. Yeah. How do you keep that rhythm going? And different coach, too. Uh, so you gotta you got to factor that in. But how do you make that same contribution when you're always on the third line or getting fourth line minutes? That's his challenge going forward. But if he can, if he can crack the egg a little bit tonight and get some good feelings, and then when everybody's healthier and he goes back to that previous role, uh, that that could be the the fuel to getting some secondary scoring down the road. Yeah, we we had kind of spoken about Paul Cotter in the same way too, right? When 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 Jack initially went out of the lineup, Paul Cotter jumps up to play with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, and then you get Jack back for a game, and then you lose Paul Cotter. The, the, the thought process was you get Paul Cotter confident that he's the guy. He's the first one that moves up. He has shown you enough in, in terms of his offensive skill, overall game, and his ability to mesh with good players that when you go back down to where you slot in best in this lineup when everyone's fully healthy, there's some ownership there of – your game is good enough to where you can seamlessly fit in with good players, but you can also add the secondary scoring that you need in order to win on, on a consistent basis in the NHL. So for Michael Amadio, I, I think it's all about kind of continuing to build, continuing to grow, play your game, don't defer so much. He's got good instincts around the front of the net. He's got good hands around the front of the net. If you're able to execute, if you're able to put a couple of home, all of a sudden when the Golden Knights get healthier and you've got a confident Michael Amadio fitting into your third line, I think that's best-case scenario for Vegas. got to keep in mind that Mario's still in the younger part. Not young-young, but just entering what should be the prime of his career. Yeah. He's only two and a half years older than Cotter. <laughs> and I think of Cotter as a young player. Young and... And I think of, of Mario as a, as a more veteran player. Well, I... But there's, there's only there's two, and a half, two and a half years uh, difference there. And, and when it comes to games played and, and travels, like uh, uh, Mario... Hasn't played a ton at this level the last couple of years, up until yeah. uh, last season when he when he became more of a regular with the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, let's uh, let's cut him a little bit uh, on that side, but expectations are are sometimes your biggest challenge. Mm -hmm. He's joining the top line tonight. What are your expectations of him? Now he's not a, uh, an elite scorer, but he can handle the puck. And he can create space, and it might be get not deferring, but find a way to get the other guys the puck. Uh, Paul Cotter is a little bit different. Paul Cotter's got some elite level skills. Sure, yeah. I expect Paul Cotter to score at this level more than Michael Amadio. Uh, sure, so sure. I think the expectations with Cotter are produce more. Amadio, I still want to produce, but I also want him to make sure that that line has momentum. Yeah, I, I think from from an expectation standpoint, I, I don't know that I'm looking for two goals, right? Like, I don't think I'm looking for that rub that we saw from Paul Cotter earlier in the year where he got to play his first game with Stevenson and Stone. But what I am looking for is a player that's helping to continue to drive chances in offense. I want that line 
to be a driver of offense. And I want Michael Amadio to be a part of that. I don't think there's any. I want like, that line to be good and good enough that you don't think about breaking up the Wah Carrier Colasar line. Yeah. That that might be the best way that uh, that I can sum that up right now, given the injuries that they have. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, I think the worst thing for the Golden Knights right now is to tinker with a line that, that that's giving you what their identity asks for. And you know exactly what you're going to get with, with Carrier, Wah, and Colasar. Do you want them to chip in offensively? Absolutely. But do I want to tinker with that line or change that line around? in order to solidify a top six or have somebody else that can, that can drive play alongside Stevenson and Stone? No, I don't, because I want three lines that I can reliably trust in, and if you start tinkering there, then all of a sudden it becomes even more difficult for Bruce Cassidy to find the right combinations and push the right buttons. Jack Eichel will not play t- tonight. Uh, Bruce Cassidy made that statement uh, yesterday, so uh, don't expect uh, anybody to be returning to the lineup. Uh, nobody's out either. From the sounds of it, so mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a win uh, based on, <laughs> on on what we've seen uh, over the last year and a half uh, around the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, we've got one timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League coming up, and catching up with Chapman as we roll on from Section 104 of T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. One of the games tonight in the National Hockey League involves uh, two teams that are trying to turn things around. New Jersey off to a great start, but have been scuffling lately. The Florida Panthers uh, trying to get into playoff contention in the Eastern Conference. Bring you up to date on that in just a little bit. But uh, a fine coming out of the National Hockey League. Mikhail Sergachev, did you guys see this? I saw Slapped the Slapped with $5,000 fine, the maximum allowable under the CBA for hacking Michael Bunting during the game last night. Now, that is interesting because we talked at length last night about the official, Dan Kelly, and Michael Bunting getting into it as uh, Bunting was being escorted to the tunnel and sent off the ice ice, uh, after the end of that first period. Uh, There was physical contact by both the official to the player and the player to the official. I don't know of any consequence or punishment coming down towards the linesman, but I can tell you that there's nothing going to happen to Michael Bunting contacting the official. Uh, And there was a lot of talk about that side of it, Uh, a lot more within the hockey sphere than just the posts that were on social media. But it looks like bygones, bygones, and everything is going to uh, continue on. But if he had been in violation of any type of conduct, uh, he would have been uh, issued a game misconduct penalty uh, for abuse of an official. That didn't happen, and uh, I like the way the National Hockey League has approached this with just heat of the moment. Both guys were trying to sort things out. Bunting was obviously mad because he took the slash. Uh, The official was trying to stop him from elevating the situation uh, to uh, a more uh, big-time incident, and they they chalked it up to a hockey play. You okay with that? What? So, where where was the where was the the 
physicality from bunting to the official. Bunting, he pushed, uh, make con you're not allowed to make contact with an official. Catching your balance uh, after being shoved off the ice? Yeah, he made, uh, there was contact with, uh, with the official. Okay. I got nothing on it. All right. You know where I stand on it. Uh, so there, there's not going to be any further uh, investigation on that. As far as I've been told uh, by my sources within the National Hockey League, uh, the, the games that are on the ice tonight, Montreal against Colorado. Mm -hmm. Colorado, you keep thinking it's going to correct itself. It's one nothing uh, for Montreal in the first period of this one. But they played a game the other night against the New York Islanders, uh -huh. and it was a shootout decision. Yeah, one nothing in the shootout. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where Colorado couldn't find the the net. Uh, is is now the time to worry about Colorado, or do you wait until February? I mean, I, I think you wait until February. Like you should be getting Nathan McKinnon back into the lineup in the next couple of weeks. I would imagine at, at the turn of uh, of 2023, and then. You know, when Gabe Landeskog is able to come back, like, this is a very much depleted uh, Colorado Avalanche team. And I, I still think that if you give some health to Colorado as early as January, they'll be just fine. Uh, they're a first wildcard team in the Western Conference. The Florida Panthers have the lead on the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Who's a better team? The Panthers, who won the President's Trophy last year, and then swung the big trade, and that actually got pretty good production out of uh, Matthew Kachuk. Or the New Jersey Devils, who were awesome, but have stumbled significantly since. Um, I still think that New Jersey is going through some growing pains, but ultimately I believe that they are a better team. With, with the Florida Panthers, like this is a team that is... In a lot of in a lot of ways, growing like the Calgary Flames are. It's not as much turnover, but you've got Matthew Kachuk, who's been fantastic. But they've been so wildly inconsistent. And a lot of that has to do simply with the fact that their goaltending has been at times very bad. Well, they they've changed their entire approach to the game under Paul Maurice. So, Way less run and gun. So that all being said, I I think that ultimately, when all is said and done. The New Jersey Devils will be a better hockey team than the uh, Florida Panthers. Hmm. Uh, ten points between the two teams in the overall standings. Uh, Florida is on the outside looking in, four points out of a playoff spot, so they got to get it in gear. And if they happen to win tonight, they're, they're, they're right there. So that's, that's positive. Uh, New Jersey lost four in a row. Yeah. And after that big run, just three wins in their last ten. Uh, I'll go with the Florida Panthers uh, on this one. I still think New Jersey makes the playoffs, but this isn't going to be the year in which they make all kinds of strides. I, I like more incremental growth than one giant step uh, right out of the gate. Uh, great coaching matchup tonight in Detroit. Derek Lalonde, coach of the Detroit Red Wings, <laughs> up against, uh, and you don't pronounce the D. Yep. Uh, Derek Lalonde uh, coaching against his mentor, John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yep. And you know how the players go out there and they win one for the coach? They play their great game for the coach? Yep. It's 3-3 in a wide-open shoot-at-the-lights oh, up there. No. No, defense Thank optional. That's, yep. that's, that's great. Both coaches are right now pulling out their hair. Well, at least one of them is pulling out <laughs> his hair. And they're going, what, uh, what are we doing right now? What's going on? There's, uh, but, but, but it is a great matchup as, as both guys. And 
Jeff Blaschel, <laughs> who coached Detroit for so many years, yeah. is the assistant coach for Score. Tampa. It's one of those great traits. Lalonde went from Tampa uh, to coach Detroit, mm -hmm. and Blaschel gets let go from Detroit yep. and is an assistant on the Tampa Bay Lightning. But that one's 3-3 that one's three, three in uh, a game that we're getting back to what I like. Wide open, go get them type <laughs> hockey. Yeah, um, 52 shots on goal, and there's still a full period left to play. Let's go. Make it happen, right? Yeah. Make it make it happen. Uh, Arizona rolls in tonight. I have it from good authority Okay. that they wanted nothing to do with being in contention. They wanted nothing to do with any type of uh, mm, validity when it comes to being part of any uh, race. They want to be in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Yeah. Are you surprised that the Arizona Coyotes are not in the bottom three of the National Hockey League at this stage. <laughs> I'm um, shocked. I I am only because I didn't believe Columbus would be this bad. And but, they, they had a 14-game road trip yep. in there. Yep. No, I said plucky. They're going to give you everything they've got. It's not good enough to win most nights in the NHL, but they're going to give you everything you got. Arizona's, be, performance, be work. Arizona's performance at 10, 15, and 5 <laughs> is one of the great surprises yeah. of the season. <laughs> and I'm not joking yeah. when I say that. They have outplayed expectations by an enormous amount. Now, they can still get themselves into a position to win that first overall pick. Remember, they changed the lottery rules. Yeah, you got to be bottom three yeah. to, to, get, yeah. to get in there. Uh, they're three points ahead of Columbus, who I think they can catch by being negative. <laughs> uh, four points ahead of Anaheim, which that one's going to be a little tougher. That's, that's not going to be easy. And right now they're seven points better than Chicago. Based on what <laughs> the Chicago Blackhawks have showed me over the last four weeks, mm -hmm. I don't think that there's a team that can be as bad as the Chicago Blackhawks. Now they get... One goaltender, Alex Daylock, back from a concussion. That should uh, help things out. But uh, I think Chicago is going to be it, whether or not they, they trade Taves and Kane or not. Yeah. And and Arizona, they play they play hard. Yeah. No, I think I think Chicago is uh, is finishing last, and it's it's not particularly close. The the question is. Will Arizona fall off so much that uh, Columbus can overtake them? Or, I guess, put a better way, like, will Columbus maybe figure some things out uh, the rest of the season? Well, I, I have confidence in that. Yeah. So, that being said, like, Anaheim's doing their best to, like, try to get as many tiebreakers as they possibly can. Three regulation wins. Yeah. Three. It's insane. Three. They've played 33 games, yeah. and they have three regulation wins. Like, good on you, Anaheim. I, I love to see the bottom of the standings i i think for arizona they're going about it the way that i think you, you can kind of respect right this is a team that knows they don't have the talent they know they don't have the depth but they go out and they work hard and i'm i'm, I'm always going to kind of root for best case scenario for them and best case scenario is they win the lottery no i was watching anaheim uh, last night and going through some some different things as they played the los angeles kings yeah jared stole the body mine so we were texting uh, because he was doing the intermissions. And I said, 
three three regulation wins, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. He, like he played in the league, he won Stanley Cups. He's been part of upper echelon teams. He said, "I can't imagine going through that. Like you have to scrap and claw just for three wins. Yeah. Like you've 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 won nine, yep, but six of them have been stressed out. <laughs> right. Now compare just some context here." Three regulation wins at this stage, 33 games played. Yeah. The next lowest is Chicago at five. <laughs> so you'd expect something along that line. Uh-huh. But then San Jose's got seven. Vancouver's got, got eight. Arizona has nine. Like Even the bad teams that yeah. we've talked about at times, Vancouver's cleaned it up significantly. But some of the bad teams that we've really gone – over uh, through the course of the year, Columbus has seven. Yeah, like nobody's even close to to the three. Yeah, uh, they've got the new general manager and Pat for Beak. He came over from Detroit. Yeah, where they were really patient in their rebuild, and it looks like they're going to do the same thing. That I didn't think Anaheim was going to be this bad, quite honestly. I I I expected more. Uh, they they're. It should be better yeah. uh, with their goaltending and some of the players that, that they have. But I don't get any indication that they're going to change a coach or shake things up. They're, they're just going to ride this out and hope for another couple of picks uh, develop and, and get back into it by, by rebuilding. I mean, if, if I'm Anaheim, I'm, you know what, we're already a third of the way through the year. Stay this bad. Take your chances on Connor Bedard. Yeah. What, what Jeff Blaschel went through in Detroit, yeah. like he was the coach for the longest time. With that team that yeah. uh, had no expectations to challenge, mm-hmm. to be in contention. Looks like Dallas Eakins is going to be the, the same way. I I like Dallas. Uh, we, we go way back. I, I would love to see him get to peek out on the other side, though. Yeah. Like, Jeff never got that chance to, to peek out on the other side of the rebuild. He did went through all the agony of losing and speaking to the media every night. I just wouldn't – I just would want to have a chance to – to be the successful guy, you just you you never you, you don't usually get that because you're you're the guy there to kind of go through the process of losing, well, so that when you're ready, then your GM gets well, to put the guy that he wants no, in that spot. You yeah, but usually there's two or three guys there <laughs> during the rebuild. <laughs> I don't think so. That that's the way it always goes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Detroit yeah. changed that. Yep. Detroit stuck with a guy, and Jeff Blaschel is a good coach. Detroit stuck with their guy through that whole thing, and every year we thought. Oh, this is the year Jeff goes. <laughs> this is the year Jeff goes. Yeah. Uh, but but he stayed. Yeah. There's always two guys, three guys that take over the team before they eventually get really good. Yeah. How many did Edmonton go through? Uh, so this this looks like it might be a little different. And again, for Beak coming from Detroit under Steve Eisenman. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of talk about we did it this way in Detroit. A lot of that. You guys have heard me say it around here. I did it this way in Canada. Yep. I have loonies. Come on, let's go. You guys are used to hearing that kind of talk. Sure. Uh, sounds like it's uh, going to be the, uh, the the same thing. But uh, but I wish uh, wish my good buddy Dally uh, all the best. Uh, we have uh, to take a break. We've got catching up with Chapman next. But those are your one timers for this Wednesday, December the on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. 
Hi, Darren. So <laughs> you double yeah. popped on hi, Darren. Yeah. Well, I I was in a different program. Then I realized very quick. Well, that that kind of that uh, now. Did awkward, you just swallow your tongue? Awkward transition now. Jeez. Jim Craig did that one That's time like, playing for the Boston Bruins. It's like you forgot to turn your own mic on. No, I, I I had the mic on, but I had because Darren asked me what I was doing, and I I put it in program two to let him know I was uh, talking to Bobby. So yeah, I didn't go over yeah. the air, and unfortunately, I forgot to All put right, it. All right, let's try it again. Three, no, two, we don't need to do this. one. No, no, we won't do it again. So, hey, Christopher. I, it, it's a good thing I had a backup. Um, so the other night at the game, I, I had a chance to talk to Freddie Brathwaite, who, of course, is one of the coaches with the Henderson Silver Knights. He was at the game, and the conversation I had with Freddie was, and maybe unbeknownst to a lot of people, is he was actually in a rap video with Nelly, Murphy Lee, Ludacris, Snoop Dogg, and a couple of others. Uh, it was the Welcome to Atlanta remix where it starts off with Jermaine Dupree and it goes starts in Atlanta and it goes to St. Louis and New York and Freddie Los Angeles. In well, it played in St. Louis as well. Yeah. So the conversation was, well, how, how did you end up in the video? So it turns out his agent was friends with Nelly's agent and they asked him if they could get a jersey because obviously they were repping St. Louis in, in their portion of the video. And it turned into, hey, do you want to come watch the video? And eventually it turned into... Do you want to be in the video? So kind of a cool story for Freddie. And he said, I, I said, I, I, I can't imagine I'm the only person who ever asked you about that. And he laughed and he said, he said, you know, what's funny? The kids don't even care that I played in the league, but they care that I was in the video with Nelly. So uh, kind of a, a, a cool story. And, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's great that, that the kids recognize that, that he was in that video with, with some all-time great hip-hop artists and 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 uh the, the their portion of the video was at the old bush stadium and the great st louis cardinal fernando vina also in that video with with nelly so kind of a kind of a uh, an interesting little sidebar about freddie brathwaite hsk uh, one of the coaches with the hsk he was still wearing his Atlanta mask last year when he would fill in at times as the <laughs> emergency backup for the henderson silver knights that dude, uh, I'll say this, when he played uh, a little bit for the Manitoba Moose, and uh, that was when the Moose first came on the scene in Winnipeg, and, and I would help them out with uh, with some stopping power during uh, practices. Freddie could shoot the puck from his own goal line over the other net. Like He, he could roof it from his own crease. Nice. That guy had skills and still has skills, and is one of the coolest dudes to ever hang out with and talk i would get nothing done around freddie yeah it was the first time i've actually had a conversation with him so uh, it, it was kind of fun and, and we actually talked a little bit about the raiders uh, victory over the patriots as well but uh, yeah real really interesting guy really cool guy and uh you know always nice to have conversations with people like that up in the press box had one with mike madonna a few weeks ago so, so yeah, kind of mike. cool. well mike's father-in-law does uh commentary for the new york rangers oh that would explain why he was there yeah, yeah well he wasn't just showing up. <laughs> All right. No, no, and, and it was cool to talk to him. I'd, I'd never met Mike before, so it was cool. Now, do you cool. think either of those two guys are going on the radio saying, I had a great chat with Chapman? You know what? They should. Yeah. They you know should. what they say? Thanks, Who is that Dar guy? Thanks, Darren. Uh, thanks, Darren. Oh, the Mike thing. The Mike thing. Got it. There you go. Oh, boy. Oh, darn it. Hey, uh, Golden Knights going to win tonight. Book it. Book it. Pre-game show is coming up with Ryan Wallace on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Have a good night, everybody.